Hello and welcome to the Beehive Jive. We are um, a beekeeping podcast from South London. We're two friends, Paul and Tracy, and we like to get together to talk about our misadventures and adventures in beekeeping. So, Paul, hello. So I really like the look on your face because you're really surprised that that works. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so, so my, it's exciting. Just to explain, my friend Scott bought me a birthday present, which is a little podcasting gizmo. and um, Little. Slightly larger. It's like a proper professional <laughs> setup. And um, we were trying to work out and make it work, and we just made it work. So Tracy's face <laughs> is a bitch. I like things that make me happy. <laughs> I find them very exciting. Um, yeah, so. How's it going? You enjoying the weather? How's it going? I'm tearing my hair out with this stupid weather. You moan about the weather again. Every April we moan <laughs> about the weather. Have you noticed that? Every week I moan about We should just replay the April. <laughs> My dad used to say, the only thing the weather office need is a window. And I know that's a slightly stupid thing to say because I know they do their very best with the information they have available. However, every day the forecast is wrong. So like <laughs> the other day I, I needed to go and knock down queen cells. Right. Okay, pretty important thing. Choose a queen cell, knock it down. Oh, yeah, we've, is she all right there? Well, your cat. Yeah, We've got various I, I'm, pets I'm here just today. Worried I'm surrounded by animals. <laughs> Hang on, the dog's up. We've got Honey here, the golden retriever. We've got Missy, the black cat. <laughs> Luckily, they they like each other. They won't have a big fight or something. Um, but yeah, so I had to go and knock down queen cells, and I thought, well, I can't do it today because it's going to rain all morning till two o'clock was bright sunshine, and then I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go up there and do it. Then, as soon as I got up there, started raining. So basically I spent the whole morning wasting time. <laughs> okay. No, no, so I keep going, it's fine. Are you sure? It's just your dog sniffing your cat's bum and your cat yeah, doesn't like it. Our pets are really high maintenance. <laughs> I think you know that by now. The whole household is it's high you, maintenance. Well, I'm high maintenance, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, the weather... The weather is just making me go nuts. Oh. Well, you can't do anything, you know? No, no. It was it's a bit changes. An- you talk about four seasons in one day. That's what it is yeah. at the moment. It was a bit annoying because I'm doing queen rearing. So I set up my, uh, all my queen rearing to do it on, do the grafting on Saturday. So I set up all the timing boxes. So I all- believe you did that on Saturday. I'm a genius. Do you know what? I think you are the grafting ninja. No, no, it's just had a barn. I just sat in the barn. So I set up the timing boxes. So, at- what, what I do is I take, because you want the larva less than 12 hours old. So what I do is I go up three days before I'm going to graft. I take the queen in a double nuke. I put her under a queen excluder on completely empty drawn comb and then put all the other bees above the queen excluder. And that way I know when I go to graft, I could just quickly pull out a, um, a frame. And mm. if it's got eggs and larva on it, the larva are going to be the right age. Um, so I set all that up. So Saturday was a day. I was actually woken up by the rain bouncing off the window. It's like, bastard. <laughs> just I know. Not good. So I drove down. It was just windy. It wasn't raining. So I, because I, I, I didn't have to hunt for lava, did the lava, set up the, the starter box, went to the barn, sat in the barn, grafted, put them on, checked them this morning, seemed to be going well. So... We'll have to see. 
Not ideal conditions. No, but nine degrees in a in a monsoon. In a barn. <laughs> but um, should be okay. Well, did you say you looked at them and the bees were all over them? Yeah, I can't see the grass of the bees. Yeah, well, which is a good sign. Yeah. So we'll have to see. The the last time we did it, the last time I did it with you at my apiary, the day the the following bees followed us everywhere. <laughs> oh, I've got following bees at the moment. It's driving me mad. I know. I, I really, I really hate that as a trait. It's really annoying. It's the worst I mean, trait. Stingy bees are one thing. I mean, that's also not good. But when they follow you, it makes it ten times worse. But um, that day that we did it at my apiary. Um, I remember I went the next day or whatever it was, two days later, and they were just clusters of bees, mm. you know, the size of the tangerines, like on every graft. It's good. It was great to see. It was really exciting. I'm a little bit worried because the, the starter box has got so many bees on it, they can't all fit in. Mm. Um, so I'm a little worried they'll start building comb around the cells, which isn't a problem. You can cut the comb away with scissors. It's just like an extra job that I Mm. I'm too lazy to do so. Mm. Yeah, I've got stung a lot this season so far. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, if you look at my arms, I look like an extra out of train spotters. Show me. All along there. Oh God, you have as well. Hang on, all along. There. <laughs> got stung in the ear this morning. How did you get stung in the ear? Beast, bee, bee come up and stung me in the ear. Oh God, that's how I got stung in the ear. <laughs> but what did you have your bee suit on? No, I, no. no, I took my bee suit off. I was packing up. Oh, I see, at your car. And this bee came out of nowhere. Oh, that's not, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not okay. Sabotage me. That's against the rules of yeah. engagement. Hijacked me like a pirate. Yeah. And it like stung, and I, oh, I brushed it away and then it stung me in the ear. Oh, yeah. I'm getting stung Actually, I've been stung head. so much now, I think my body, I yeah. don't swell up as much as I used to. I remember when I first started beekeeping and I used to get stung on the end of the fingers all the time. And um, it made it really painful to type because your fingers swell up. Yeah. Or like on the top of your hand and the whole top of your – or actually anywhere on my hands. This this part, the whole top of my hand would just swell up like a balloon in there. But see, I don't don't get any reaction now. No, I don't either. But it makes me wonder about how it works because could it suddenly – could I suddenly have a reaction – I think you can, can't some people, you? Some people sort of, yeah. There's, there's cases where people have had to give up beekeeping because they've suddenly developed a, a reaction. So, not good. But you know why they're stingy? Because of the weather. Oh, do you reckon it's the weather? I think it's the weather. I think when I have to go up there and knock down queen cells and it's windy and it's eight degrees, well, it wasn't eight degrees, what was it? 12 degrees the other day, I think they really hate it and take exception to you ripping the hive apart. Yeah. Which, you know, of course. They did today. Yeah. Really, really annoyed. But, um, yeah. So hopefully my, my uh, queen rearing has gone semi to plan, never goes to plan. But I I felt it did because I, I, this is my fourth season trying to do this. Yeah. And, um. It was feels it was prior to this season. It was felt a bit chaotic because I was uh, looking for graphs. The weather was wrong, mm. but this year I I set up a nuke specifically to raise cells. So that nuke is just 
packed, packed full of bees. So my biggest problem for the last two weeks is stopping them swarming. Mm. So I've been going through every frame, just knocking queen cells down. And then that idea of timing boxes about putting the, the queen somewhere where she can, she can only lay. There's nothing else there. There's no other. Before I put the queen in that box, there was no grubs. So she, everything in that below that queen excluder has got the right age larva. And then um, I bought myself a headlamp, which is incredibly useful because mm. it, it puts light right down the bottom of the cell so you can see exactly what you're doing. And I bought a pair of magnifying sort of glasses as well. Um, I think if you buy a headlamp, though, don't do what I do and buy one with a bulb because you get a dark spot in the middle of the, middle so, of the light. Right. So I bought an LED one instead, which you get a nice clean thing. And that went really well. I mean, I from getting to the farm to grafting to leaving was an hour and about 20 minutes. There was no, no time at all. I did it really quickly. That's fantastic. Because, I mean, I know, like, as you said, over the past four years, you've been putting a lot into queen rearing. I mean, the, I, the very little that I know about it, I mean, I haven't learnt myself. I learnt by when we did the graphs that day and set up the mating nukes and, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a simple system and it's, and it's good. Yeah. Um, but I'm really interested in the timing box idea because that must make it, a lot easier. Oh, it makes it so easy. So take your double nuke or anything really. So if you look at, go online, look at someone like Mike Palmer, he's made his own timing box. He's got a single brood, brood box and he's put in a vertical queen excluder. So he's, he's cut a groove in a, in the box. He's put a queen excluder. So he separates the two sides of the hive. So one side has all the brood in it and the other side has drawn empty comb and the queen. And then every couple of days he moves a moves a frame in and writes a date on it and he like knows so he knows how old the lava the lava mm. in that specific frame is um i don't want to cut up a brew box uh, probably because i can't cut up a brew box <laughs> i'd Some run out of these things i'd run out of brew, specialists i'd run out of brew boxes before i actually got it right so um <laughs> i thought well i've got polynukes and i've got polynukes with brew boxes so mm. Instead of having a vertical queen excluder, I'll just have a normal horizontal one. So I went, you know, I think it was on Wednesday to my two nukes. I've got the queens I want to breed from with. In found the queens, set up the bottom box. So it just had drawn comb in it. Uh, it has some stores on it, but no, no eggs. So and then I put the queen in there, and um, put the queen excluder on. All the other bees on top of it left it. Went there Saturday, opened up those boxes, smoked it, pulled out the middle frame, and there it is, got lava on it. Went to the second hive, pulled that out, there it is, got lava on it. Great, shut it all up, done. I've got nothing else to do now, I'm just going to go and graft. So that, mm. compared to remember when we did it, we had to go through oh God, the hives yeah. looking for, for a the, good comb. Yeah, mm. I mean, finding lava isn't, as long as you're good light, isn't that difficult, mm. because... Obviously, bees don't feed eggs, so you, so what you're looking for is a a shiny you know, cell with bee bread in it. And because the larvas are so small, it's you're looking for cells that got just a minor drop of bee food in it. Mm. But it still takes you thirty, forty minutes to find it stuff. Whereas the, the timing box method took me, I don't know, ten minutes to just go and get the and then sit down and graft. 
And it's just more relaxing because then I haven't ripped an entire hive apart. I haven't got bees chasing me. Yeah. There's none of that. I just put them in my, I've got a little bag that I carry the frames in, like insulated bag, put the frames in, off it went to, to the barn because it wasn't in the rain. Sat at the table, grafted, went and put in the starter box. Could you see in there? Oh, you had your... I had the your, headlamp. The yeah. headlamp's really, I mean, that's a top tip. Mm. It's because you can see, um, I've got a 1.5 times magnification headset, mm. and a headlamp, and you can see right into the cell and you can see how big the lava is. So I'm actually, now I'm picking. Oh, there's one slightly smaller. So that's younger. I'm, gonna, so I'm actually, I can see the differences between a, a six-hour lava and a 12-hour lava because mm. that, one's, that one's a little bit smaller and I can see if it's on the grafting tool as well and I can see it, it's in the cup. So it was a lot, for me, it was a lot more, um, it was just simpler, it was just easier. Mm. I mean, that day, I mean, Saturday, I walked away, I was really happy. I mean, I went and inspected this morning and I kind of walked away and I didn't really know what I'd done, but, <laughs> but Saturday it was like, I went with a plan, plan worked. Mm. Just need to see if I get takes now. I think I've got graft takes, but when I looked at the graft this morning, um, they're so covered in bees, I couldn't actually see what they were doing. Yeah. I think that's a, hopefully. That, that is, that's the sign, isn't it? Hopefully it's a good sign. Never yeah. tell you anything. Right. But yeah, so um, now now my worry is I'm going to run out of bees to actually make, make, make nukes. Mm. I've got spare nukes, so I've got nukes that I overwintered specifically for raising queens. Well, I can give you some bees. So I'm going to break them all up into little boxes. But we'll see what happens. I've already got six queens, virgin queens that are trying to make themselves just from doing splits and things. Mm. That's the problem. When you when you just get a bit fixated about making more queens, it's surprisingly <laughs> easy to make as many queens as you want with almost no effort. So how much? how many are you going to make? How many do you need? 14 I need. Okay. Probably going to make 20. That's a lot. Mm. No, I, th- I think I have 14 in end of this end of May. I'll have 14. Mm. Well, that's amazing. And then, You've uh, really increased then since last year, last summer. Yeah, I can increase as much as I want now. I'm, I'm limited by the amount of kit I've got. Yeah. And also, uh, to be honest, I'm limited by the amount of time I want to spend. Yeah. I like going to my bees at the weekend and having little jobs to do during the week, right? Mm. So I can go and do all my bee stuff on a Saturday or Sunday, come home, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday morning, come home, cook Sunday lunch, honestly, eat my lunch, mm. lie on the sofa, watch rubbish TV. That's mm. basically my... Sounds <laughs> um, great. <laughs> and then and then, and then then during the week, I might have to go up to the apiary to do little, little jobs, but... Mm. Um, if I increase more too much, it would become like a second job, and I don't, I don't really want it. I don't want to spend. Yeah, you know what I mean, I don't want to spend every day. But do you know, I mean, I I find that it's kind of getting that way a bit with me. But it's it's because I'm so slow when I inspect them. And so, like, I went up there the other day, and I'd split a colony and made a mistake, so I reunited it. I've made so many mistakes recently. It must be the weather, um, and. <laughs> Are you just blaming the weather for <laughs> yes, everything? I am, because it's true. Um, no, I made a mistake and I had to unite them. So the next day I went up there to, you know, reconfigure the hive 
get the united bit or get all the frames down in the brood, etc. Um, and what was it? I can't remember why I'm saying this. What was I talking about? You were saying that uh, you're slow when you oh, go to Oh, God. Switch. It took me for, forever. And then, you know, you start – I my weakness in uh, managing artificial swarms, turn myself off, is um, I always forget to look in the supers because, see, in my head there's only honey in the supers, but that's not true because obviously over winter that first – that super they have over winter, she gets up and lays in there in early spring. Ah. So I thought there were no queen cells and then I thought I'll just have a look through the super and there were loads of queen cells in there. So, yeah, I think I think I'm not panicking, but I'm trying to – I want everything done, everything ticked off my list mm. at the moment. So as a result, maybe I'm not – I'm not really reading the bees like I should be. I am just kind of ploughing through with my own agenda. I, I found that – like today I went up uh, and inspected my bees – and I kind of left, and I wasn't really sure if it was a good inspection or a bad inspection. I mean, I, I, I checked for swarming. That's, that's how I feel, yeah. But, but driving home, as you do, listening to the radio, um, I kind of thought that the difference between Saturday, because I left Saturday from the April, I was really very happy. I'd done exactly what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, then I realised today I went up there with no actual objective other mm. than I'm going to do you know, an inspection. So... I think if you can inspect your bees, even if your objective is I want to see eggs in all my hives, when you leave, you've actually achieved what you wanted to. Yeah. Not, well, I've been through them all. I wasn't actually looking to do anything in any of them. I'm not sure. Because mm. mm. then you walk away and you normally felt like you've achieved anything other than you just spent two hours, you know, getting stung in the ear. Which is- <laughs> so... Um, I think that's now my objective now is I'm going to go. I just want to see eggs. Yeah. That's my very, very see, simple objective. That's, that's it. It's about like stripping it back to something really simple so that when you go, like you said earlier, you've got an objective for why you want to be there. Because if you're only there to kind of vaguely look through your hives and make sure everything's okay, okay, and I know you have to look for queen cells at this time of year, but that could be an objective, check for queen cells. Um you have to have one simple thing or do sugar rolls or yeah. whatever, you know, and then you do come away feeling like you've done something rather than coming away feeling stressed and confused, dazed and confused. Or even if you use splits for swarm control, because that, that's the thing, swarm control is the thing I'm the most insecure about. I'm just not very good at it. I'm kind of, it's the thing that I'm constantly trying different things. I never actually set in on a, a thing to do swarm control. But even if your objective was, okay, well, I'm going to go up and do an apiary inspection and my objective is to split at least one of my hives, right? So mm-hmm. so that hive I now know has been swarm controlled. I've got the queen and take the queen and put her in a new box. And I'll come back next week and look at the, look for queen cells in the, in the you know, the now queenless hive. Job done. That one's split. Even if it's just that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try that from uh, this, this, yeah, well, from now. Uh, and the other thing I've been doing this this year is, um, and I look stupid now when I do my, I saw the farmer was watching me <laughs> look at my bees and I carry all these boxes with me now because I carry a nuke just in, so I see, in case I see the queen. So I put the queen in a nuke yeah. and close the lid. And now I carry a spare brew box because I want double brood. 
what I do is as I inspect the brood, as I inspect the brood frames, I put them in this new box on the floor next to me on an upturned roof. Mm-hmm. And I just get them all out. And I found that makes my life easier as well. Because if I find the queen later, I can put her in the, in the nuke and then I could just start shaking the frames off really quickly and mm-hmm. that speeds me up. Mm-hmm. It's just having that extra bit of space to put everything. Yeah, I found really – and having that's why I look a bit dumb doing the thing. So I'm carrying this brood box and a, and a roof and then I'm going back and I'm picking up this poly nuke. So nukes for the queen, and and now I'm carrying walking around with three of them because I've now got the, another nuke just in case I see a queen cell and I want to do oh, I want to harvest that queen yeah. cell. But having those things to hand, so if I've got you know find the queen, I've got a box to put her in. Mm. I've got space just to put the frames in, just to get them out of the mm. box, and then because this time of year it's, oh, it's so many queen cells, and then I've got you know another box. Oh, look, that's, that's a nice queen cell. I'm going to turn. I'm going to keep yeah. that to put it in and I, I do look like I'm moving house <laughs> but it's beekeeping equipment is big isn't it? it takes up a lot of space but it's just it's just a frame really isn't it like the, yeah. bo- the boxes yeah yeah so that's I mean I'm, I'm walking around now with all these brew boxes when I do my inspection all my hives are in a line so it's not a big thing it's just I found that this year having that extra space just to move box, move frames into different boxes. Because some of my highs are huge. I mean, um, there's one there that's that when I inspected it two weeks ago had seventy percent of the frames were all cat brood. God. It's massive now. It's huge. And that one I've I've put on a snowgrow board, which we might talk about later. But um, when and then you've got all the when they hatch, you just cannot see what you're doing for bees. Mm. So having a spare box so I can create some space in the hive by putting frames on in another brew box while I, while I do manipulations, I found for me personally very useful. It just it's a bit of extra space. Yeah, it just does. You just carting around a lot of kit after yourself. I well, I do as well. I think we all do to yeah. some extent. <laughs> it's it's the most. I yeah. need a little brew box on wheels, like a little trolley to follow, <laughs> follow myself around. With a few cocktail ingredients on the top. Gatto. <laughs> Black Forest. <laughs> um, so what are you doing for swarm control? Are you splitting them before they swarm? Like before they start? So I've been trying the snell, snell grove methods. I've made right, a bit of a okay. pig's ear of it, but I've been trying the snell grove method. So the snell grove method, if you've got, if you think about a snail growth board is essentially a a floor. I'm trying to explain it. How would I explain it? So the snail growth board sits between two brew boxes and it has an entrance that goes into the brew box above and an entrance that goes into the brew box below. And the idea is, is that you move all the brew, but not the queen above the snail growth box. So it's on the top, top, it's on the top floor. And then you put the queen with stores and empty brute and empty frames below the snail grove board. So she kind of thinks she's swarmed. And then what you do is you manipulate the entrances. So the flying bees from the top box are diverted into the bottom box over a period of maybe 20 days. So the idea is it's a vertical split. It doesn't require you doesn't, you don't lose any bees because you're, you're, you're feeding them back into the bottom box. Um, and it, and it's using one footprint of the 
of mm. the hive. The only thing is you have to go up every four to five to six days to move the, the doors in and you know, change the entrances. So um, so if you look at your hive straight on with the entrance, the main entrance facing you, all, all the other entrances are on the left and left, right and the back mm. of the hive. So I start with the left, I open the left, top at left entrance so they get used to flying and then I go back five days later and I close the left entrance and open the bottom left entrance. So all the flying bees come back and they go back into they go into the hive below. This is really complicated. Go into the hive below and then I open the right entrance, top entrance, which gives those bees something to fly to do, you know, an entrance. And the next day I go back and I change it. Um I was enamoured by the idea because it's um I don't know why I was enamoured by it. Oh, no, I, I was enamoured because you don't remove any bees when you do the split. All the bees yeah. stay in the hive. Yeah. Um, which is a very good reason. Which is a good reason. But what I realised is it's just not as easy as if you see the queen. My preferred method of swarm control is if I see the queen, I put in a nuke, mm-hmm. I put some stores and some brood in that nuke, yeah. and I move the nuke, and I let, then let the hive just raise its own new queen. Yeah. Um, and it only has to be three frames. I mean, you can you can get away without making up a full nuke, a full six frame nuke. Well, I, don't, I don't even think it matters because now I've realised that if I've got a, a hive that's got seventeen frames of cat brood, is it really going to care if I take three frames away? Probably no. not, right? <laughs> so um, that's what I found with the Snellgrow board. It's really, I mean, I'm not going to. I think it takes it takes a couple of seasons to get this stuff right because it's a mm. skill you're trying to develop. Absolutely. Um, but I'm doing it on two hives and I've run into a couple of other problems. So the other problem I've got is I forgot to knock down the emergency queen cells. So when you move all the brood above, you're supposed to go back in a day or two and knock down all the queen cells mm. if you don't want to raise a new queen. If you want to use it, raise a new queen, you leave it alone. Uh, I didn't do that. So now I've got one of my hives. It's got two queens. Well, it's got a virgin queen and a mature queen. Oh, really? Yes. How's that going to work out? Well, if I don't change oh. the entrance, hopefully she'll go out and mate and then I'll have two queens. Right. Then, then, then the theory is I find the queen at the bottom and I move her because she's an old queen and I ref, you know, just reunite it with nice the young new one. queen. That's the theory. So so more, it takes more time. And the other thing I don't like about it is if you want to inspect the whole hive, you have to take the whole thing apart. So now I've got a brew. Yeah. My, the configuration of my hives now is I've got a brew box on the top, two supers, a brew box, a snail grove board, two supers, a queen excluder, uh, another brew box, and a floor. So mm-hmm. to get to the, the, the brood nest, I have to do two brood nests and move everything. It's just. Sorry, where's the super? The super's in between the two brew boxes. Right. Okay. Right. So the snail grove board sits on top of the super. Right. Like, yeah. Like, like a roof. So that's a pain in the ass, frankly. It is a it is a pain. That was something that I well, that's something I don't like about vertical splits. And the only vertical split I've ever tried was Snellgrove. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll link the. There's a really good guide for it from the Welsh mm. Beekeeping Association, which I'll put in the notes. It. I think it's good if you don't want to if you if you haven't got a big footprint. Yes, it is. So if you've and got I, garden hives, yeah, I had and, them in my garden. Yeah. And I already had about five hives and my other half was saying to me, hold on a minute, you said this would be a beehive at the back of the garden, not like five and we can't go up there anymore, Um, can't go in the garden. So (laughs) I I thought, well, okay, that will be a vertical split and it will make it look like there are less hives. 
ah, in the sneaky. garden. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't. It, I didn't get on with the Snellgrove board, but I only tried it for one year. If I had have tried it a second year, I yeah. I'm sure I would have seen more value in it. I think it's a skill. Mm. Right. Mm, so I, definitely. I think any skill takes time to develop. Like grafting, when I first did graft, I went and did, I, you know, I've said this before, I went and did this great class with Tiger Hall bees. I'll, I'll always pimp them out because it's the best queen rearing course I've ever done. And I did a couple and a lot of them were just confusing. Um, and I grafted there and I kind of learned the concepts, but it took me a couple of seasons, like two seasons to get a result where you thought, okay, well, like last year I got loads of queens. And it, take, it takes a couple of seasons because mm. you're only, you know, really proper beekeeping in, in Britain for what? Not long. Four or five months? Yeah, four months, yeah. So I think it's an Elgrove board. I'm, I'm going to keep using it, but I'm not going to – I think my mistake – well, I know my mistake was trying to do it in all the hives at the same time. I should have mm. really just gone mm, one hive. Yeah. But now, now the the other ones, I'm just going to split the normal way because that normal way is just so easy. Is I see the queen, I put it in a box – yeah, I love it. And if I don't see the queen next week, I might see it a week after. And the only time I start to panic is if I see uh, swarm cells. Yeah. At which, at which point I'm kind of, I don't know, if I was really ruthless, I would just split the entire hive four ways and just say, right, I'm going to make four. Yeah. Four cells. See, I was thinking of doing that this year, just taking my biggest hive. Yeah. And so I've got a few, you know, really good size ones this year. You need to, I, I mean, I, if you wait until they start to raise swarm cells, that's probably the best. Right, yeah, because I haven't, I haven't done them yet because get, I was thinking I would wait. Then you'll get swarm cells and not emergency cells. Yeah, not that I'm convinced one's better than the other. But, I, well, but that's I'm the, not convinced about that. No. Um, I mean, I think I've, I've had swarm. Good. I mean, I did split the one of those with the Snellgrove board, a, a big hive. The emergency cells, I told you this morning, huge, massive size of my little finger, massive. They were as big as swarm cells, the biggest. And that's because there's so many bees in there, mm. that they're just building them out yeah. like, like beasts. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to carry on trying it, but I think I'm going to stick with the see the queen, put it in a box method, because that just works for me. I've never mm. had a problem with that. I've got, I've still got the queen, so I'm kind of, relaxed you know, if it doesn't raise a new queen i can just reunite back with the old queen mm. job done um yeah i'm not i think i went a bit mad with the snog it, it was a new gadget and i was away <laughs> are you saying that you like a gadget paul <laughs> you know i like a gadget drinks. yeah i think i know you, you do but the thing is it is a good Kay says to me, she's, when, when you get into a hobby you can't just do a little bit you go out and buy all the gear. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you made your Snellgrove boards. I did, yeah. I made them in the shed. Yeah, see, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't go, I didn't buy, they're really expensive. They're like, I know. They're like 30 quid each and, um, for a bit of plywood. After I had my Snellgrove disaster, which, uh, yeah, I, I didn't open the doors at the right time. I think I've made mine for £10 each just by going to the local DIY shop yeah. and get, because they'll cut, you go into B&Q, which is a big branch over in England. I said, I want some this plyboard cut into 46 centimetre squares. Did it, no yeah. problem. And then I went and bought some other woods and cut that. Mm. Took me 20 minutes to make it. I, I gave mine away to the Beekeeping Association. Really? I bet yeah. it's never been used. 
but it sits in their shed. I know, and I bought them as well from Payne's. So they were really good quality, like proper. How many did you buy? Only two. Uh, but still, you know, that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to keep doing the snow go thing, but I'm not. The initial reason I want to use it, because I like the idea of not losing bees. But I've kind of realised if you just take a split out of a big hive, it doesn't care. Mm. <laughs> there's so many bees in there, it'll, yeah. just, it'll just make the number back up really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And I mean, I didn't think any of my queens were clipped, but they must have been because one hive had swarmed when I went up there yesterday. Was it yesterday? Day before. Um, one hive had swarmed, one colony had swarmed, sorry, not hive, the hive's still there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, what was I saying? It's, it had swarmed and when I looked in there, they were amazing queen cells, just, just beautiful, gorgeous queen cells. And I had to, I had to take one. I limited myself to one setting up one polynuke with a beautiful cell in it, so I can't wait. But see, that was a good colony, and um, the queen being clipped, I haven't lost any of the bees. Yeah. So it is just wall-to-wall bees in there. And Yeah, I need to clip mine, actually. You reminded me. <sighs> I'm not doing mine this year. I just can't do it. That's the benefit of clipping, isn't it? Clipping's brilliant. Get all those swarm cells, lose no bees. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's the way to go. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, a big colony doesn't mind having a few frames taken out of it, as long as it's not too much brood. And when I do it, I try not to weaken the big colony too much because, of course, when they go to swarm, when they prepare to swarm, they're at their strongest, yeah. their finest, you know, and I want to not take too much brood out of there. So, I mean... I'm using 14. Are you using um, 14 by 12? No. Okay. So if you take one frame full of one 14 by 12 frame of brood, mm. so what are they called? They're British National yeah. Jumbo Frames, yeah. Um, there's tw- a lot of brood on that. 14 inch across by 12 inch. Yeah. yeah. So you take one of sealed brood or brood just about ready to emerge. You can see like under the cappings get slightly dark. When I was first beekeeping, I thought it was because they were sick. There was a disease in there. And the bee inspector said, no, as they come to emerge, they come up under the cappings, ready to move out so it looks darker. So after I put my frame of... Top tip there. Yeah, it was really really interesting. You can see where they're about to hatch if you look at the comb. So, you know, I put that in. That's a massive bee injection into that colony when they hatch. I mean, how many cells are on those? I can't guess. I can't remember. Oh, thousands. Yeah. I think a national, I think 3,000 bees per side. I can't remember. That's probably completely wrong. I, that's someone shaking their fist. I know it's over 1,000, but, yeah. and I should know that, but I don't. But, um, but I have to say, like, you know, it's not usual for me to go up and find a colony has swarmed. Normally I am more on it than that, and I know which colonies are going to swarm and I split them before they do. But because of the weather, <laughs> it has been – I'm not joking, it's driving me crazy. We're going to get a podcast title that includes the weather. <laughs> Blame the weather. You're, you're blaming the weather for everything. Well, I haven't been able to get up there and look into the hives to see if there were swarm cells in there. No. So, of course, what happens is they stay in there 
for all those rainy days and the first sign of sunshine. Do you not just open them now? Do you not just say, you know, it's 10 degrees, it's not raining, it's like today. Today's sunny, but it's not warm. Do you I not did just that think, on Friday. You know I'm just yeah. going to open them? I did that on Friday. I think I am at the moment. I mean, mm. today, I, technically, it wasn't really warm, to, warm enough to inspect them. But if I didn't inspect them mm. today, mm. there's a good chance some of them would have swarmed. Well, actually, one of them would have swarmed. So I just thought, you know what? It's not it's not windy, it's not raining. Um I'm gonna run through them all quickly anyway. Mm. So I just went inspecting them this morning. Because otherwise I don't know, otherwise it kind of lost its I'd rather inspect them than lose Yeah swarms. Well that's it, yeah. Or I always think in, in winter, I'd rather open them up very briefly and see where they are in relation to food yeah, rather than have them die of isolation starvation yeah that makes sense and people have said to me you shouldn't open your bees in winter but i think you know that's the most important thing is to keep them alive yeah actually talking about keeping things alive how are your queens doing <laughs> very funny they're all doing really well all of them apart Every from single the one, one of them. <laughs> apart from the one i shouldn't laugh about this this is why <laughs> this is why people from certain groups and ideologies don't like me. Um, what, vegans? Yes. Vegans don't like you at all, do they? No, they don't. I'm sure they've put some kind of tracker on me when I wasn't looking, so they'll come and harass me all the time. Um, and I'm serious, they do. I Every summer I get someone on the field saying, you shouldn't be doing this and it's wrong and you kill, your make- bees, you kill your bees at winter and I looked on the vegan website and it says that about bees and honey that beekeepers kill their colonies over winter to save money and people read it and they believe it really yeah absolutely have a look um right. so yeah anyway I wasn't that explains the price of nukes <laughs> <laughs> it is going up isn't it Oh, wow, yeah. So you have to be like £500 in a kidney. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, oh, yeah, so so let's just be honest. Shall I be honest about what I did? Yeah, go on, because I, I want to go I was up. doing a couple of splits. Right. And I put a frame with the queen on it into the wrong polynuke. So basically I ended up with one polynuke with no queen at all and one with two. Um, and they killed her. Before your very eyes? Before my very eyes. They balled her. And I was trying to poke the bees off with my hive tool and, and res- pick the queen up and rescue her, and I couldn't get to her. Aww. She disappeared down into the hive. But it's really, it was really funny. Is she, is she under a flower now? I, th- I left it to the bees to put her under a flower. Right. I thought, let's get this right. You've topped the, topped the queen. So she, she's gone. She's brown bread. Yeah. No one's going to know what that <laughs> she means. She is brown bread, um, yeah. So you killed the queen. So she's brown bread. I didn't dead. kill her. The bees did. Uh, uh, and you not put her under a flower? No, I, I thought the bees would Did you like this queen? Take care of her. It's one of your hated Well, it's, it was funny because <laughs> <laughs> I had, she, was, she was in a colony yeah. that did nothing all year last year. And then right. suddenly at the end of the year it just – really flourished and expanded 
And it came through winter, a great big massive colony. Like when I did the oxalic acid trickle over Christmas, they had nine seams of bees in there, really big cluster. And I, the the other thing I'm having trouble with this year is finding queens. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I actually because I've marked any of mine. Well, so I haven't marked some of mine. I marked one today. Um, one of them is massive. Mm. I keep, every time I expect it, I see it because she's so big. She's yeah. a, a, she, oh, that's so she's nice. A monster. Um, she's not marked or clipped. And every time I see, her, I think, oh, where's my marking kit? I saw my bee bag that's at the end of the field. Yeah, but yeah, I need to start marking them. I know. I never have it with me. No. Um, but yeah, I've been having trouble finding queens and. When I did the split and actually found her, she was a little queen, a little queen who's been heading the a yellow queen, so that's two Two years, years Um, and she'd been heading that colony and laying frame after frame of brood, and she was nothing to look at at all. So it kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I I do I think I mean that was really bad. That was. that was clumsy beekeeping. However, in defence, I was doing it in a massive hurry because I could see the rain coming. All right. You're blaming the weather again. I, it, it was the weather. I swear it's the weather. That's the tile. I swear it's the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> End of that queen. It is. It is a shame. It is a shame, but... They'll raise new queens. They've got a nice queen cell. Well, we, you and me are going to do some queen rearing. Yes, we are. After this podcast, yeah. we'll have to write out when we need to do Our it. plan, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Basically, you've got to start two weeks before you graft. Mm. So you have to find a nuke that you want to use to be, build the uh, cells. You have to make sure it's got lots of nurse bees. And then yep. a few days before uh, you want to graft – We'll set up those timing boxes so you just need some nukes with queen excluders. I've got some queen excluders if you haven't. Sorry, what's the nukes with queen excluders? You need some nukes and queen excluders. Oh, really? Yeah. Queen excluders for nukes? Yeah. I've never seen those. I've got some. They're just the metal, the metal, the zinc queen excluders. Mm. Um, they're smaller. Oh, okay. They used to sell paints, used to sell plastic ones, which went right across, but they don't sell them anymore because the guy who was making them for them stopped making them. So now they sell just aluminium ones, that are like the, you know, the zinc. Queen yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut. In fact, you could buy the full-size zinc queen excluders and just cut them with a pair of... But what do you use those for? So when you put the queen in the bottom box, you don't yeah. want her going up. Oh, this is this the timing boxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Right, got you it. You do that, and then... Um, so you work out what day you want to do the grafting, day, evening, and then you count. I count 10 days back, and that's when I need to make the nuke, and I count three days back, and that's when I need to make the timing boxes, and I graft in the morning of that day. Mm. I can't wait. I love queen rearing. So it's really exciting. Yeah. When you I see imagine. them laying for the first so you're time. different. You want to learn queen. I learn how to make honey because I keep getting told off and I'm making honey enough honey. You made loads of honey last year. I know. I got a reprieve, and you will this year, and I'm I'm going to buy it and sell it on. So we're going to get Kay on the podcast, aren't we? Yeah. Talk about the perils of being married to a beekeeper. <laughs> Definitely. She started making a list. I think she's on volume two. <laughs> <laughs> 
How many notebooks, different notebooks has she got for that? Quite a lot. Bullet journal. One equipment in hallway. Yeah, uh, equipment in bedroom. Equipment. Never here on nice days. Yeah. Garden guards never cut. It'll be an endless list. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, sadly, I inadvertently killed a queen, which I feel really sorry about. Um, and I was really angry with myself as well. You know, you were talking about after an inspection when you're driving home, like what's going through your mind. Yeah. I just couldn't believe I'd done it. A really good queen. Anyway, I mean, she was a yellow, to be fair, she was a yellow queen. So I probably would have. You're making loads of excuses for this poor queen. <laughs> it's the weather. She's the wrong colour. She was two years old. It's so I might colour have. colour this year, isn't it? It's green. Green. Is it? Is it green? It is green. Yeah, yeah, you had me thinking for me. Is it green? It is green, yeah. Will you raise good bees? Yes. That's how you remember. So it's green. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Much better than red. Red I can never see. Well, I can, but, you know. I'm tempted just to go back to white. and just Because just, the white stands out. White yeah. and yellow stands out. Yeah, yeah, they do. Just, just, it, just do them one other. But then if I give a give a queen away and I've marked it with like a mm. wrong colour, people will just moan. Mm. Even though I've given her a free queen. <laughs> Cross them off my list. <laughs> um, so you've you done any bee safaris yet? No bee safaris. My first bee safari is on the 8th of June. Wow, that's a long way. Yeah, I, you know, it is a long way and I've got loads to do before then. And also I'm doing, um, I think I told you, I said in the last podcast, I'm doing some courses. So I'm doing, you know, I, I was meant to do the general husbandry exam oh, yeah. this year. I don't know if I'm going to do it. But there's a practical day for that. So I did the, it's all been broken up across two years because I broke my ankle, yeah. so I couldn't finish it last year. So I'm doing the practical this year um, for that, and that's um, at Rygate um, on Saturday the eighth, I think of so May. Learning centres, like, yeah, I bet it's amazing. It's apparently beautiful. I've never, do you know, I've never been to Rygate, yeah, but I've heard amazing things. I know they built it a couple of years ago, and everyone yeah. said how wonderful it was. Yeah. Good. I can't, well, I can't wait to do it there. And then the next two days I'm doing a national bee diploma course, which is about bee handling. And one of the reasons I want to do it is because I think I'm very slow right. um, in the way I inspect. I mean, maybe it's just this time of year because every time you go into the hives you find something else that needs to be fixed. Um, and, you know, things like comb changes and that take so long. Why, why do you think you're slow? Because I'm there for hours. I mean, I've got 16 colonies. Yeah. And I seem to be there for just hours. You know, like I, I'll open the first colony and think, right, this is just a quick check for queen cells, for swarm cells. Um, and then before I know it, something else has happened and I've had to split it and I put the queen in the wrong box and then I have to reunite. You know, it, I spent an hour sorting out the mess I'd made on one colony. Oh, wow. No, I mean, that. Yeah, it's not always do. like that. That's a good thing. You knew what to do. You weren't standing there going, shit. Well, I was. I was <laughs> blaming myself. I was just, how the hell? I've, I've taken this good colony and just broken it up and, oh, God, what can I do? Reunite it, reunite it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think I'm really slow, Paul. I just. Thorough. I'm very, th- I'm very thorough and I'm very methodical. Yeah. 
in everything I do. And that takes loads of time. Well, I'd rather be more slapdash and be quicker. I mean, it's, it's annoying. So I'm doing that course. um, I'm doing that course about bee handling. And also it'll just be, I also hope it will be about crushing bees because even though I smoke my bees so much before I put the supers back on or whatever. Sometimes there's one or two that you you squash. Yeah. And I, I just I hate that. And I know that the exams, the BBKA, take a very dim view of anyone who squashes bees. Yeah. I um the way I try and avoid it is when I put the I think there's two ways, isn't there? There's probably more. You're gonna explain them all when you've been on the course. Um so one of them is when you take the hive and you yeah, sorry, you put the box back on at a deg- sorry, yep. 45 degree angle and then you slide it so it's square. Yeah. So you put it on a slightly off angle and then that's basically pushes the bees off. Yeah. Um, the way I do it is I put the end, one end of the box on and I slowly kind of lever it down onto the, on, on, I let it down and just before it touches the top of the box, I kind of bounce up and down a bit just to give them a little warning. Right. Just lift it up and down. It's very hard to explain. <laughs> no, I think yeah, like tapping. Know you know, you tap, you tap oh yeah, finger. yeah, right. So okay, kind of, yeah. I'm tapping them gently with the top of the box. Yeah, and then they kind of move out of the way, and I drop it. I, I you, know, you squash bees by moving them. But you know, I it's it's more when I've got a big colony with loads of bees in it that's got three supers, for example. I have a colony like that now, which we are moving on Tuesday together. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to Poo Farm. <laughs> to bedding. Yeah. To Thames Water. All right. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is the Thames Water Farm. It's actually called Beddington Farm. But anyway, no, I digress. <laughs> uh, so what I find difficult is when I've got a big colony, three supers, yeah, and they're really heavy supers, and then you you have to get the one on top. It's the one on top that I struggle with because even if I put it down at an angle or stroke, uh, stroke smoke the bees um, or whatever, I always find there's one or two. And last year um, there were some people on a bee safari and I squashed a bee. Oh, dear. And they were absolutely horrified. Did you put it under a flower? <laughs> I'm never going to live that down, am I? <laughs> I'm going to make little crosses now. I think you make little no Viking priors. <laughs> I just set light to them. Just put them into the drinking water. Yeah, get a, <laughs> that, get a little pond. You put a little boat, set light to the boat as it goes. Across. Send them to Valhalla, whatever it is. <laughs> Behalla. Behalla. <laughs> oh, dear. Dear, dear, dear. So, when, are you, when are you doing a bee handling course? Because you can... I can't remember what date it is, but it's in early May. Okay. Like the 11th and 12th or something. So probably next next episode we'll be able to talk about your mm. exciting adventures in bee handling. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Be rodeo. Mm. Yeah. It'll be fun. It will be fun. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, things like that are important. I think it would be easy for, for me at this point to just say, well, I've been keeping bees for nearly 10 years and I know what I'm doing and I've got my own techniques and whatever. But I think it's really important to keep pushing yourself and questioning, you know, could I do this better? Is there another way of doing this? Like yeah. with your Snellgrove boards. You know, it'd be very easy to get complacent about things. Yeah, I think the difference is is you're trying to improve it. I'm just very insecure about doing, doing about bee swarming, so I'm kind of always looking for a new magic bullet, I guess. What for swarm control? Yeah, 
when actually the the method I, you, know, you show me is like, well, take a queen out of there and put it there and put a lid on it, and you're done. Um, that's just the easiest stuff. I'm just well, going to end up doing that's it. That's it. That's I mean that method to me. Um, yeah. So you, when you take the queen out, yeah. make up a little nuke, not taking too much brood out of the main hive. That to me was a revelation when I first worked that out. I mean, I know it's something that all people do, but no one showed me how to do it. So it was trial and error for me. Yeah. Well, everyone starts off with the Pagden method, you know, the oh, really complicated God. move it here, then move it I back, then move it here. Then I, they must, form. I think all these men who developed and they are men who developed these things. <laughs> here I go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comrade. <laughs> All these men who developed these things must have been vicars and had bees somewhere near the vicarage. Oh, right, okay. Because they had the time to go there every day and do little manipulations like with the Snellgrove board or in Pagden moving the the hive from one side to the other. I mean, and it's it's a great principle that it balances the bees, but still I I can't. If I've got a brood box that's full of honey – I can't just move that from one side yeah. to the other. No, no, I'm with you now. <laughs> I'm quite angry with them. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> All these dead old All vickers. these vickers. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah, we're moving bees on Tuesday. Right. Are we the happy bees or the angry bees? The angry bees are happy now. Are they? Yeah. Why? Because I had a word with them. <laughs> You've been counselling. Like I'm the bee, the bee whisperer. <laughs> um, I don't know why they were so grumpy. I think it was because of the heat and stuff last year. All right. Okay. So I mean, they're not they're not nice. How many how we, how many are we moving? Three. Three. Yeah. In your little bee wagon. Yeah, we're taking one big hive. I'm going to clear the supers tomorrow. Right. So because I'll never be able to lift it. Showing with off you. Now. No, I I. What with all the supers on? Yeah. Okay. Um, although there are so many bees in there, I'll have to leave one on so they've got somewhere to sit during the ride. Um, but so we're going to do that, and then I'm going to move two of my polynukes with extensions mm. with it, um, which are, in my view, one of the best things about beekeeping in recent years. What, has poly- polynuke extensions? Polynukes and extensions. So extensions are brood boxes. Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Although I don't really understand that. What? Why they're called brood boxes. Because isn't the brood box downstairs? I think it's the other way around. Why are they called extensions? They're brood boxes. So if you put another brood box on top of your existing brood box, you wouldn't call it an extension, would you? You'd call it a brood box. I'm really confused now. So you're saying polynukes yep. with a, with, that you could put another brood box on top are really good? Yes, <laughs> and I'm Thank saying, you, for when, you ca- <laughs> when you call them extensions, a lot of beekeepers who've never bought that polynuke look at you like, what are you talking about? Oh, right, 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 right. And right. you say Sorry. to them, it's a brew box, and they go, oh. But right. they're sold as extensions. Right. That's a really convoluted way <laughs> of but they, are good. they are good. They are really good. Yeah, you get a 12-frame nuke. And uh, you get, do you get it? And um, I've got an 18 frame. I've got three 18 frame nukes at the moment because I've got oh two brew boxes. I've got six over six over six. God, they're going to be monster. No, not. It's just because uh, I'm, I'm getting them to draw out some brew comb for me. So um, 
I had two um, nucleus colonies that I was going to unite with larger colonies, but actually when I went in and looked at them, they're so vigorous, um, I think they could quickly grow into a colony in their own right. You've got so 12 by 14, haven't you? Yeah. So that's a full-size hive. Yeah. So, um, But what they want to do is draw comb. So I'm like, great. So I gave them a brood box full of fa- frames and foundation, and when I went back the other day, they've, they're already halfway through. Nice. So they're my factory nukes that I have every year for bees, for comb. They just are going to do it all, get it all done for me. So actually, you see, things things aren't as bad up there as I think. No. That is beekeeping, though, isn't it? You yeah. You do one inspection, it's fantastic, and next time you go, it's awful. Yeah. You go again, oh, it's not so bad. You it? feel like you're going backwards, don't you? If I said to my other half, um, you know, I, I just feel like I'm doing all this work and I, I'm just going backwards. It's all retrograde work. Um, but, no, I, I think actually talking about it now, there are some good things that are happening out there. And when we can start the queen rearing, we'll when I can that. move some bees out, I've got so many, it's so cramped up there. So I'm going to move some bees to Thames Water and then I'm going to move some bees to the Second nursery. Yeah. Yep. So they've cleared a space for me to put bees there, which is fantastic. That's good. Yeah. Then maybe it'll be a little bit more calm because at the moment I'm tripping over polynukes wherever I go. (laughs) Okay. So I think we've done quite a lot now. Have you got anything else to talk about? Um, No, I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, thank you for listening. You can uh, find us at thebeehivejive.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Beehive Jive, and um, if you'd like to come on the podcast and talk to us, maybe help Tracy <laughs> with uh, new techniques for burying queens. <laughs> Valhalla, <laughs> Beehalla. Um, if you go to thebeehivejive.com slash chat, there's a little page that says how you can come on the show. So anyway, so thank you. I'll speak to you later. Thank bye. you. Bye.